Hi and welcome to the final whistle. This is Deepan. Well, even if it was just for one night, Southeast Asian football reigned supreme in the Asian Champions League group stage. Uh, Thailand's BG Patum United beat South Korean outfit Jeonnam Dragons 2-0. Malaysia's Johor Darul Takzim saw off two-time ACL winners Ulsan Hyundai. And of course, the Lion City Sailors with a historic 3-0 victory over K-League outfit Daegu. To join me and discuss the significance of these results, I have two men fit for such an occasion. Uh, some would call them the royalty of Southeast Asian football media. Uh, first and foremost, we have got Kish Sundaresan, aka Kish Mat Stats from Malaysia's Astro Arena and Singapore's very own Gabe Tan from ESPN FC. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you, Deepan. It's good to it's good to be here. I'm not sure about the royalty bit, but thank you for the <laughs> kind intro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm same here. Not, not, not entirely sure about the royalty bit as well, but definitely great to be here. Thanks. Especially in Malaysia, when there's actual royalty, deep on you have to be careful who you're. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Kish feeling the the pressure right away. Uh, but yeah, yeah let's, man, let's, I don't want to be charged for sedition. <laughs> let's let's get in uh, to the matter. Of course, Gabe, I'll come to you first. Uh, why was last night so special? Uh, it's a good question. It is. It is a huge occasion, you know. I think you know, for so long, uh, with all due respect to all the teams that have come and gone uh, from Southeast Asia and AFC Champions League, uh, we 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 sort of know East Asia within the the East Zone, East Asia itself being you know your Korean teams, uh, Japanese teams, Chinese teams, even the Australian outfits. You know, they they normally dominate. Uh, you know, every now and again, you get that 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 odd result that you know that that sort of gives hope, but it's it's not it's it's, it's never you know um, I guess an accurate reflection. Uh, um, the, the 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 big defeats. Those are the ones where you think, or most of Southeast Asian football, they think and they accept that's where it is. But you know, obviously, um, we aim higher. And I think last night was so special because all that aiming um, was you know delivered on on the actual the biggest stage of all. And I know Kish will will will, talk, will definitely talk more about this. But you know, someone like JDT, you know, who have been saying each season they play in the AFC Champions League, and you know they are they are very very much a regular feature in the AFC Champions League now. Every year, they go in with a lot of promise. Sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. But I think last night, uh, that result especially, coupled with the fact that they won their first game, you know, again, promises so much for Southeast Asia football as a whole. All right, Kish, I'll come to you. You know, first of all, tell us, uh, how big of a win was this for Johor Darul Takzim? And, and do you expect it? And, and what went right for JDT last night? I think if you saw Benjamin Mora's celebration on the touchlines uh, for, for Bergson's goal, I think that is enough of an indication of how big of a victory this is for Joe Dalton. It's something that they've been pursuing for a while. I think Gabe was right in pointing out that they've been a, a regular fixture in the AFC Champions League for, for a few years now, but it's always been difficult to get out of that group. I mean, to be fair to them, they've also had really difficult groups in so many of those years. Um, and getting out of this group has always been a tricky thing for Jodal Takzim. But this year, um, in particular, that was always the goal. I think their recruitment in itself was driven by that goal. Um, make no mistakes, with Bergson da Silva alone, JDT were completely dominant um, in the in the Liga Super Malaysia last year. They, they were easily the best team. So I don't think they needed Fernando Forestieri to strengthen their chances of retaining the league title. I think the league is is out of the picture. It is more of the Asian Champions League mission. Forest Theory was specifically signed for that. And his partnership with Bergson da Silva is not a, 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 not a direct replica, but it's somewhat of a replica of that partnership that they once had between Jorge Pereira Diaz and Luciano Figueroa that, that you know, created so much of history for them in the AFC Cup. And they wanted to do something similar this time around. And that's exactly what they were able to achieve 
Um, the five nil win against Guangzhou in, on match day one was momentous, but you you couldn't make any judgments just yet. Everything was going to depend on this one. Uh, this was going to set the tone for the rest of the campaign, um, and, and they were brilliant. Uh, I think they got their strategy spot on. They surprised Ulsan with their high press in the first thirty minutes. They completely dominated um, the the action in the first half. Um, and even when they went, even when they conceded the equalizer, uh, Johor of the past would have went on to lose the game to one or would have just settled for a draw. But the way they responded and pushed um, and forced mistakes after mistakes from the Olsen defence to eventually get that winning goal from Bergson was just incredible. I think most Malaysians who watched the game last night genuinely, genuinely enjoyed that performance. Yeah, just, just of course, a, a similar question to what Gabe had asked on, on social media yesterday, which was, in 2019, we we, we saw JDT record a 1-0 triumph over uh, the defending champions at that time, Kashima Antlers, uh, in their debut campaign. Was this result bigger or the one against Kashima was bigger, you think? I, I would categorise this one as the bigger one. I think the one against Kashima was, was iconic because it was JDT's first ever um, Champions League victory, of course. Uh, but that game was, it was a lot more of a smash and grab as opposed to JDT completely dominating the fixture. I think this one around, I'm not trying to insinuate that JDT um, had, you know, Olsen Hyundai in their pockets or whatsoever. I think Olsen was strong as well. Um, they had moments in their periods in the game where they really looked like they were going to cause some problems for JDT. But I think the maturity that, that was on display here from Benjamin Mora's men, um, from, from the way they controlled the pressure that was being put on them from the way Nacho Insa completely dominated the middle of the park in his role as a holding midfielder. It was a very mature clinical performance, something that we have not seen from a Malaysian club on the continental stage um, since forever, I think. So I, I think that's why this this particular one is, is probably the bigger victory. Gabe, from, from the outside looking in uh, from a Singaporean perspective, uh, we have seen JDT go through changes over the years, right? I mean, early on, uh, they had marquee names that didn't quite deliver. Uh, but this current iteration of, of this team, would you say it's the best JDT team yet? I think in terms of depth especially, it's, it's, it's probably the strongest we've seen. Uh, in terms of the starting eleven. Um, when someone's not performing, I mean, you look at the options they can they could bring off the bench last night. Safawi, you know, Shafiq Rahim. You had Ali Zafwan in reserve uh, uh, if you need, if needed in defence. You know, I just think uh, the depth. And you know, you look at the, the players that are on the fringes, even playing for JDT two now. You know, you know, Bienvenido Maranion is there. Uh, they have Fernando Rodriguez, a proven performer in AFC Cup for Ceres Negros, who's you know not even close to smelling the JDT one, the first team. So I think that depth is outstanding. Um, and yeah, I just think that experience really helps because I think like he said that that that, that one against Kashima, that was a smash and grab. I, I feel that one was for me more emotional because you know it was the first win ever, and and I I, I think that that victory will feel more special. But yes, I also agree that last night was probably a game where they actually really deserve to win. Uh, they looked in control. So in terms of the, the the tactical aspect or, you know, even how how they won it, I think last night's game was definitely a better win. Uh, I just like that Kashima won a lot because it was that muddy pitch. You know, Kashima didn't know what they were in for coming to uh, Malaysia with, a I don't know, a 35-degree night with, you know, sweltering humidity. So I think both, both are different. But in terms of the players on the field, how well they control a game against quality opposition, yes, I, I, I mean, I think it'll be hard to argue that this current JDT team um, is 
are the best, and that's why you that's why you want to see right constant development. Yeah, there'll be some years where you know you take uh, you take uh, one step back, but you know always being better than than previously. And I think that's what TMJ, that's what the coaching staff uh, have done a really good job with JDT. Uh, Kish, I've got to put you on the spot here. I mean, uh, iconic victory, of course, but um, do you think JDT can now go on and, and notch that historic qualification into the next round? Of course, at the moment, uh, in terms of the group standings, we've got Kawasaki and Ulsan, uh, who of course will be right there till the, the last group stage. Do you see JDT making it through? Look, um, I know internally within Joe Zim, they'll be very level, level-headed level uh, with this result. They'll be a lot more focused on taking it um, game by game because that's always been their approach when it comes to situations like this. Uh, but, but last night when we were doing the coverage for the game in the studio over here in Malaysia, we were talking about that single change that Benjamin Mora made for this game, which is bringing on Nazmi Faiz instead of having Afik Fazail in the starting eleven, and how that change was such a, a proactive, such an attacking-minded move because this was no longer a JDT that wanted to sit back, absorb and hit opposition on the counter-attack. This is a JDT that wants to attack on the front foot. They want to play proactively. They want to take the initiative. And I think when you have a mentality like that, when you're approaching games against oppositions like uh, Ulsan Hyundai with a strategy like that, I think that is a representation of the current JDT mindset, which on one hand, they will probably say we're taking it one game at a time. But on the other hand, they will be looking at the Forestieri Berkson partnership. They will be looking at the win over Ulsan Hyundai. They will be looking at the fact that the remaining four games will also take place at home at the Sultan Ibrahim Stadium. All of these factors will be taken into consideration and they will certainly be pushing or they'll they'll have that that qualification out of the group in mind. I've I've no doubt that it's their biggest mission this year. Um and, and if you ask me personally, based off the first two games, it's obviously difficult to make a call, but I'm very inclined to say that it is very much possible at the moment. All right, uh, one team that of course has reached the round of 16 is of course BG Patum, uh, who did who did it last season. Uh Gabe. Uh, just a quick note on, on BG Patum before we move on to the sailors. Can they go beyond the round of 16? Can they, you know, secure qualification to the round of 16? Do they have what it takes? I think I think the round of 16 definitely leaps. I think after that, you know, once you get to the luck of the draw, uh, it's anyone's game. You could get a, you could get a easy, not 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 to say easy. You could get an easier <coughs> tie, and and that really affects how how much further you go. Um, but looking at that group, I think uh, with all due respect to the teams, they, uh, I saw that group uh, and 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 thought BG Fatum, you know, they have to approach uh, that game uh, thinking they are the favorites. If they, you know, it's again about having a big club mindset now. It's no longer just you know like he said about JDT previously. Maybe you know playing out for draws or even trying to just hold out and avoid that defeat. You know, do you you, you want to take the game to your opposition if you are to take the next step? And I think that's what VG Fatum have to do um, in how they approach um, this this current campaign. And I think they've, they've done it brilliantly, obviously, you know, beating John Lam Dragons, who are a K2 side. Uh, you know, um, it's 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 probably slightly different from beating uh, Usan Hyundai, who were AFC Champions League winners just two years ago. But you know, you have to beat what's uh, in front of you. They had a draw with uh, Melbourne City. Up uh, the the next two games for them, you know, against I think United City. I think those were are two very winnable games for them as well. So you know, getting to the round of sixteen. Um, must be the target for them and not just that but you know not even taking the risk of being one of the best runners up but you know qualifying as group winners that has to be the target and you know from then on you know who knows but um, you know if they come up against a tough opposition uh, you know opponents that could be difficult but other than that um, at least reaching the round of 16 must be the minimum um, pass mark for them 
Uh, and of course, let's now talk about, to me, what was the most unexpected result of the night, uh, where the Lion City Sailors registered a 3-0 victory over Daegu. Uh, Gabe, your, your, your assessment firstly, you know, was this a night where the Sailors really turned up and were good or was there a case to, to say that, you know, Daegu weren't quite at what we expected from a K-League side? Mm, I think that's a, that's a good point, you know, looking at Daegu. Those league results as well this season, you know, it's been sort of, I guess, you know, not 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 perfect, not 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 consistent. But having said that, this is a quality team. I think they go, you know, they'll never be mentioned in the same breath as your your John Books or Ousans, but it's still a quality team. We saw them reach the run of sixteen last year as well, uh, and you know, they won. Um, you know, at, at that level as well too. So, you know, it, I don't think we should take anything away from Lion City Sailors. Uh, it was definitely not a smash and grab, you know. Uh, there was a 20-minute to 25-minute spell at the start of the second half where it was looking really precarious. But, you know, you look at the first half, uh, Lion City Sailors were on the ball. They were looking to create uh, opportunities. They were looking to try to take the game to, to Daegu, which I thought was uh, was brilliant because it was something that I don't think any of us uh, was expecting. Um, you know, we were probably going to hope for at best, you know, Know, a, a set piece goal and 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 then grinding out that one nil win. So to win three nil convincingly with a game plan as well, you know, I think <clears throat> taking it to the front foot in the first half, absorbing that pressure in the second half, getting a second goal on the counter, and you know the third goal obviously coming from a set piece. I think that was just a really well thought out, mature approach to to the game. So I don't think the scoreline flattered Lion City Sailors at all. And I think credit where credit is due. Obviously, this Daegu team, you know, didn't have you know the likes of I you know previously you know a Daegu team with Cecinia or Edgar Silva, but it's, it's, it was still a quality team out there that had to be had to be beaten they, they, it's not like they rolled over so uh, yeah I think sailors deserve a lot of credit for that Kish uh, from the outside perspective uh, what does this result mean and, and first and foremost is this a result where you can say where the Lions City Sailors announced themselves on the, on the continental stage you think yeah, I, I, there's something that Gabe pointed out just now, which is the fact that the, the scoreline did not flatter Lion City sailors. And I think that that is the very important part about last night, about all three Southeast Asian results, is the fact that the scoreline did not flatter them. Because in previous in previous seasons, in a lot of previous uh, Asian Champions League campaigns, whatever Southeast Asian side, especially the ones from like Malaysia, or you know, maybe not Thailand because they have been dominant, but like, Anything involving a Malaysian side or a Singaporean side, it's it's always been to be conservative, to be um, strategic, to be um, you know passive and and reactive as opposed to being proactive. I think yesterday the results gave a bit of a sent a bit of shockwaves across the region because everyone looked at the performances and thought to themselves, hey, this is this is an incredibly solid performance, not just from Jodhpur team, but Lion City Sailors. I mean, I didn't have the luxury of watching that game, but make no mistakes, when the result came out, everyone on social media within the Malaysian football fraternity was already looking at it and retweeting it and sharing it and and, and sending it on WhatsApp groups because it, it was an indication of of the shift in trend in, in Asian football. And um, the, there was a bit of pressure for Joe Ratazim even going into that match after the first two results. Um, from the point of view of, of a Malaysian, from the point of view of a Southeast Asian, it is nights like last night uh, that we want to experience a lot more because um, obviously being in Southeast Asia when it comes to football uh, more often than not there is a lot of negativity that clouds uh, the, the the fundamental football fan experience over here right there is a lot of negativity there's a lot of um, uh, sighing and then you, you you get you get the, the the jazz but the point is last night for once it wasn't about negativity it wasn't about pessimism it was about optimism it was about playing um, on the front foot and 
we want to see more nights like that uh one one thing i have to ask both of you is do you now feel like expectations will be sky high for the sailors and gape i mean just to get your opinion uh can we dream about qualification to the round of 16 i think we can i think singapore as a whole can i think southeast asia definitely can uh, i just think the annoying thing is i'm very upset with shanghai port because their withdrawal now makes it slightly tricky because the next two games against uh, shandong for lion city will probably not matter it's just about it matters about getting to the top 2 at the very least and then trying to be the uh, best runner up if you're not the group winner but unfortunately now it, it sort of takes away the fact that even though you think lion city sailors uh, and you hope they will get the six point it, it ultimately uh, might might prove or not if not just to to get this at first step towards qualification but you know at the end of the day yes because you know you now look and think can if they if they beaten daegu once you know can they do it again of course they can um and then even if, if you get six points against daegu and even if you lose both against urawa you know that's still six points how many other groups will the second place team have two wins over the third place team because we're taking out um you know all the results involving that bottom place right so you know if they get another win against daegu although that's the the the, the, the last game in hand you know that that i i can't see uh, many other teams uh doing that and bettering that um in that in that race for for that uh three best runners up spot in the east zone so yes but first they have to get the job done and you know there's no point beating daegu and then for some reason not picking up maximum points against shantong so um again it's probably going to be very cliche but it's a, it's probably a step by step thing but there's definitely reason to believe hope but i think more importantly not just dreaming and believing but actually taking steps aiming towards it i think that's very important for the sailors over uh, the next week or so an open question to to both of you is you know it's it's all well and all you know to see jdt and and lion city sailors representing their respective countries in an elite competition like this what does this result though do for the rest of the clubs in the respective leagues so our clubs you know in in their respective leagues looking at this and saying hey one day we could also be one of them and do you think that's a possibility uh, especially in malaysia and singapore because it's quite similar no like in a sense where we are going to see these two teams basically dominate the, the domestic league i think <laughs> that it's it's a tricky one because in an ideal world we would like to have that trickle down effect we would want the other clubs to look at these achievements and and and, and imagine a world in which they themselves um, accomplish such feats but but i think if you've spent enough time in southeast asia you'll know that more often than not that's not the case right there's a lot of other permutations there's a lot of other variables especially in the context of malaysia um we're talking about uh, it, it's very frustrating and, and it, i i hate to bring this up but on the same day that jdt beat ulsan hyundai in the champions league a video of um you know pair up fans gathering money together in a jar to and and donating it to the players to help pay their wages that video was circulating on social media as well like the juxtaposition of these both situations that that goes to show um that that in malaysian football or in southeast asian football for that matter it's not as easy as looking at an at an achievement and thinking that that's going to have a trickle down effect we're not saying that it doesn't it has over the years obviously in malaysian football jdt have always reached the standards and if they will that that um within a, a southeast asian football but it's not as simple as jdt accomplishing x sorry jdt accomplishing a and b and every other team um, under the board being able to push up um, and accomplish something similar as well get what what about you, you know what what does this result mean for singapore football i think that's a really good point you brought up deepan because the 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 goal to follow in this example is there but 
I think it's also important important to remember it does not happen overnight, and we we have to remember the the amount of hard yards JDT put in from you know the time TMJ took over and you know twenty twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen, and you know going through the whole AFC Cup journey as well. And I I, I like to see Southeast Asian sides doing well in the AFC Champions League, and then translating that even on something like the AFC Cup. You know we have we have two teams from both these countries in the AFC Cup uh, this year, and you know like Kedah for example, a team that I've admired for a while. And I've always thought they you know they might be the one to challenge JDT obviously on the domestic stage it has not happened but that does not mean they can't still give a good account of themselves and Malaysian football in the AFC Cup so I'm really looking forward to that and likewise you know someone like Tampanese who again I think are one of the clubs that have been uh, uh, been inconsistent so far in, in the news the new SPL season you know what can they do having had last year's AFC Champions League experience obviously on the receiving end of some hefty defeats heavy defeats but you know bringing that now into an AFC Cup stage where now you would be thinking that they should be showing more because they have the added experience against uh, you know so-called lesser opposition so I, I think the improvement will always be there for the taking uh, but clubs also have to dream big but also take the necessary smaller steps uh, to get there and you know there's, there'll, there'll be no shame in saying you know what the AFC Cup is also something we want to strive for because you know just six years ago uh, GDT were uh, finding their feet there, winning the tournament uh, on a whole, and then look where they are now. So, oh, I think baby steps, but with that big goal in mind would be something quite ideal. All right, gentlemen, before I, I let you guys go, of course, uh, I had intended to start the episode with this question, uh, but I ended off with it. Uh, basically, last night when I was watching the Lion City Sailors uh, and when the second goal went in from Diego Lopez, I had goosebumps, literal goosebumps. And I've not had this feeling in, in Singapore football for some time now, uh, other than when I see Gabe Tan walking into the, the media stands and I feel good about it. But in terms of this result, you know, what does it do for a young boy who aspires to be a footballer in these respective nations? You know, would he have seen this result and said, hey, look, you know, we are from a small country like Singapore or, or a, a country not known much for its football like, like Malaysia. And then suddenly here we are on the continental stage beating a Korean team where we have not had that feeling for such a long time. What does it do for a young boy? And in the grand scheme of things, what does this result mean and can we see it becoming more of a norm than a one-off historic night? Kish, I'll start with you. Um, sorry, Deep. Firstly, I, 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 sorry, Kish. I just have to say, Deep, you better get that check if you're getting goosebumps um, when someone walks into the media stand. But sorry, go. Kish, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I love the young boy argument. I, I love it. It's because representation in any areas of life is so fundamental. We, we talk about it a lot in pop culture, how... For example, why movies like Black Panther is just so fundamentally important uh, as a source of representation for the black community, right? We talk about why Wonder Woman is, is so important as a, from the point of view of representation for females out there. And similarly, even within football, representation has always been important. Um, the, the breaker of glass ceilings, for example, uh, it, it, there is a big um, situation in Malaysia whereby um, football as, as, an, as a sport as an industry, isn't very strong as a standalone industry. And one of the main many reasons to that is because it is they, it no longer gets the sort of buy-in from, from parents and families as it maybe got 20 years ago, right? Um, and, and part of the reason that buy-in no, like, no longer exists is obviously because Malaysian football, ever since that 94 match-fixing scandal, has always sort of been treated with a lot of disdain, with a lot of, with, with a lot of distrust. Uh, towards the system. 
But it is things like this. It's starting with the 2010 AFF Suzuki Cup win, starting with JDT's 2015 AFC Cup tra- uh, uh, victory in, in Tajikistan. These are the little momentous occasions that helps reverse that distrust, that helps obtain that buy-in from communities into um, the industry as a whole. And if and if Malaysian football or if Singaporean football, for that matter, is going to keep uh, scaling bigger heights and it's going to grow into a, a self sufficient system into a, a symbiotic system, then it is moments like this that will become fundamentally important um, in the long term. And I, and I cannot uh, stress just how much I love that small boy argument because I wholeheartedly believe in it. I genuinely, genuinely believe nights like last night are so, so important to obtaining that buy-in in the long term. Yep. Yeah, Deeps, I mean, I completely agree with what Keith said. And, you know, I just... I think of a, a, a similar example, which is, you know, the Philippines women's team reaching the World Cup, Women's World Cup next year. That's crazy. You know, how many girls there now who perhaps might not even have been concentrating football because it's not a big, the, the biggest sport in, in, in Philippines are now dreaming of, of reaching the pinnacle of the sport, which is the, World, the Women's World Cup. So, you know, yeah, exactly. That, 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 the nights like last night, achievements, big achievements, um, you know, are, are what drives and I guess inspires the next generation. And I think with Lion City Sailors, we've already seen um, the impact they've had. You know, when was the last time you saw that many people at Jalan Basar Stadium before the Sailors came around? You know, obviously you do have your, your hardcore fans and we love them, you know, from Haogang, even from Tanjung Park, Agelang, um, but you know that 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 whole stand of Jalan Besar Stadium just filled with people wearing white and blue, screaming for Lion City Sailors. You know that's again that trickle down effect that that only happens from achievement on the field. So yeah, uh, I think we were all once there. I'm sure all of us at one point dreamt of being professional footballers until we realized we weren't that good. Um, so you know, but you know that's the next generation that you know can be inspired. Um, and you hope even you know your 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 under nineteen, your under sixteen teams. Obviously, you know it's it's nice to dream of playing for Manchester United, Liverpool one day. But I also hope that you know a boy goes, I want to play in the AFC Champions League. You know, one day, and you know, speaking to some of the footballers as well, like some even someone like Song Yong, who's you know grew up in, in in was born in Korea, so obviously he would have been very familiar with the AFC Champions League with all that K League representation. Um, you know, playing in the AFC Champions League should be viewed as a, a, a very nice target to have for any aspiring footballer. So hopefully, more and more uh, such occasions happen, uh, and it just yeah inspires the next generation to 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 dream um, towards playing on Asia's biggest stage. All right, wonderful. Uh, Kish and Gabe, thank you so much for joining me on this special episode to mark that historic ASEAN football night. Uh, wishing JDT all the best and wishing the Lion City Sailors all the best in the rest of the AFC Champions League journey. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Cheers, guys.